Chair, staff is ready when you are. Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday, June 29th, 6 p.m. Ann Land and Bertha Henschel Memorial Funds Commission. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please read the roll call to establish a quorum? Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, uh, if you could please unmute your microphones for roll call. Commissioner Corbs? Here. Commissioner Yanez? Here. Commissioner McIntosh? Here. Commissioner Ellis? Here. City Manager Chan is absent. Vice Chair Zamanadun? Here. Chair Smith? Here. Thank you. We have a quorum. Thank you. The meeting is in person in the new City Hall chambers. For members of the public who wish to speak, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, please raise your hand to provide public comment when the Chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your desired item. If you are online, click raise hand on the bottom of your screen. If you're using the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the, reg the raised hand option in the more tab. If you're calling in via telephone to raise your hand, dial star nine. Uh, then to mute or unmute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their telephone number. You will have two minutes to speak. Once you are called upon, we will now proceed with today's agenda. Please rise for the opening acknowledgement in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Misenan people, the South Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Putwin Wintun peoples, and the peoples of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Our first order of business today is approval of the consent calendar. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips here in chambers and no speakers with their hands raised on Zoom. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? 
Commissioner Smith. Um, I just wanted uh, to point out that in the meeting minutes, um, my name is sometimes correctly spelled and not other times. So just if they could capitalize the I every time in Macintosh, that would be great. Thank you. Join the club <laughs> because that's the, that's the correction I also have on the minutes. Um, my name is spelled correctly like three times and misspelled about seven times. So there's two T's at the end of Talbot, so if you can make that correction. And I would entertain a motion and a second for the consent calendar. I move to accept. All second. Thank you. So Commissioner McIntosh moved. Commissioner Zeman Nudin. And I just butchered your last name. I apologize. <laughs> the best one so <laughs> um, seconded. Let the clerk call the roll, please. And please unmute for the roll call. Okay, now for the roll call vote for the minutes. Commissioner Korbs? Aye. Commissioner Yanez? Yes. Commissioner McIntosh? Aye. Let's see. Commissioner Ellis? Aye. City Manager Chan is absent. Vice Chair Zamadun, <laughs> now I'm self-conscious. What was it? I said, now I'm self-conscious about pronouncing Oh, it's okay. It's Zamanadine. Zamanadine. There you go. Perfect. Zamanadine. Chair Smith? Aye. Thank you. The motion passes. We'll now proceed to the discussion calendar. First item for discussion um, has a staff presentation. So I'd like to call on our new support person, Barbara Smith, from the Youth Parks and Community Enrichment with the City of Sacramento, who I would like to take a moment and thank for her Herculean efforts to get this meeting scheduled. <laughs> thank you. Go ahead. All right, so... Uh, this item is uh, for the review and approval of the semi-annual report form and the site visit forms uh, for 2024. Uh, let me bring up the semi-annual report form. in your packet so we're looking for the next grant cycle 2024 are there any revisions uh, that need to be made to this form no 
anyone's raising their hand. Oh, I apologize. Um, Commissioner Yanis. Yes, I would like to add in this um, form the purpose. We have the amount, but we don't have the purpose. And some of them have it, you know, for food, nutri uh, nutrition. The others don't have a shelter. And, um, we have the, there is the use of funds. Where? Um, oh, page two. The top of page two. And it has a drop-down menu for the, if you're doing electronic. That's for the, for their, how they used it. I'm, as, I'm asking for what it was granted because they may not match. You know, we grant the amount for food. We grant the amount for transportation. But now this last second page tells me how they used it. it maybe they used it all for nutrition. That's what I want to know. So I want to know before what the grant was given, and then I want to know after what they actually applied it on. That's the difference. You want to see if there was a line with the initial uh, approval that we gave? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Because if we gave for example, food and transportation, and I don't see no transportation, I want to yeah. know why. Yeah. But that would bring it to my attention okay. if it's there. If they deviated from the initial mm -hmm. goal. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. So I have a question about how they complete this form online since I have not looked at it online. Um, is this form sent to them with information pre-filled out or is it sent to them blank? Um, as an attachment to an email that gives them instructions on filling it out. It's sent, they're sent a link uh, okay. to access online, so it would be blank. Okay. So creating an individualized form for each grantee, is that even possible? I mean, anything is possible, but that could be quite a chore. <laughs> Would it, would it be operationally easier if we uh, included maybe their initial request as a part of the review when we review the applications, the semi-annual uh, review? Is that, is that a possibility to include their initial uh, request? Um, we have a, a list of the grantees, and I believe the list shows what the purpose of their grant. Uh, On the original application? On the, um, it's whatever the grant was awarded for. So it could be cross-referenced, but it wouldn't actually be on this form. So what, then I, I move to add that on this form. So we always know the dollar amount and the purpose granted. It, it sounds to me Okay, first of all, is there a second? We have a motion on the floor. Is there a second? I think we... Yes. They fill that out. Right, so all you, so that's already on there, so all you want is the one that says... Turn yourself off. Okay. Yes, I want the purpose. Right. So that's all you want. It's like, the want. amount's already on there. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's just adding the purpose. So that way, when we all read it, we know they were going to get food, and I should see only food expenditures. 
nothing else. And if it's two things or three things or four things, like a first step community, they have various, then I need to know. Then one, two, three, four, five, where we have the breakdown okay, for we're all getting Okay, we're getting into a discussion here, and we have a motion. I don't have a second. Okay. So can we pause on the motion until we discuss, or? You move, and you second, and then you have discussion. Okay. So it's been moved. I don't have a second. I second. Okay. Oh, now we can open it up for discussion. I, I think because the, the link is self-reporting, it might be challenging. Um, well, even if they could do it, it would be probably hard for us to take it at face value because we would have to go back and cross-reference ourselves because they can just put in whatever they'd like to. Right. Right. So I think we would have to have a way to go back and cross-reference. With like, Our staff would have to go back and cross-reference or we would have to. So if there was a way to operationally have staff go back and cross-reference the initial uh, grant purpose, um, and then we can review it along with the semi-annual review, that, that might be easier than adding another section on the, on the link. But the, the other, well, I was, I was thinking that they can, uh, when they send the email, you write this, this is your answer, your response to, you know, um, to this question. So they know what it was. Because see, right, right now, when we're reviewing it, we don't have it, the cross-reference um, sheet that we were given back in November. You have to go dig for it. Yeah. So, and that's what I had to do. I had to go dig back previous agendas all the way to November to find out what they were granted in the first place. If, if, if Barbara, if you can send it under email, then they know what to respond. And we know that now you guys have confirmed that's what it is. If they change it, we can't. But that's an easy way, but if, if your web form person can create another little slot and copy paste what you guys write in the email, then that'll be an easy way to know what they're supposed to put. I think the point is that they don't send out an individual link. They send out a link to the form, they complete it, and then they finish it, and when they finish it, it gets filed based on their agency name that they put in. Yeah, but we don't send everybody a customized link to their own form. We send everybody a link to... So then they can have the chart right there with everybody listed, and each one does their own. What I'm saying is one email for all, listing all their award amount and their um, purpose. So you want the entire 40 grants listed on the email that goes out to every grantee? Well, I don't think we have 40 right now. I think it's only 19 people. Just over 30, I think. 32 oh. or something. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. It's an attachment. It's easy to do. So. They know what they were awarded. They know what they were awarded for. We shouldn't have to tell them that. They have all the documentation of that. If you, however, want one new line or one box that they could fill in here saying, you know, it says grant amount, and they're supposed to put that in. We could have another line on there that says um, purpose or use awarded, you know, for. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I ended that in a preposition. Um, and, but it could have its own line. And then the following line would be, what did you actually use it for? Mm -hmm. You know, which is grant use. Right. We could do that. I, I think... Um, I think you're overthinking it a little bit when you want to attach all these things. I mean, I'm just giving suggestions here how to do it. But yes, I would like to have the box there. 
it would be helpful for all the um, commissioners to quickly know what was being granted and what they actually used it for. Okay. I, I like Commissioner McIntosh's suggestion to keep it simple. We trust them to give us the amount. We don't fill that in for them. I, I think we could trust, uh, trust them to give us the initial, the purpose of the grant or the purpose for which the grant was requested just by adding a block. Can the clerk read back the motion, please? Uh, thank you, Chair. What I have as uh, a motion was to add the purpose, and this would actually be an amendment to the recommendation. The recommendation is to pass a motion approving the semi-annual report form. Um, so with the amendment, it would be to add a box indicating the purpose or use awarded for um, and a box for a possibly a box for the grant use we already have the grant use in the second page so all we're asking is a box for purpose would you like to amend your motion yes I am, I am in my motion to add a box for purpose of the grant award. Is that the exact wording that you want for the box? N maybe something like initial purpose, yes. do you think? Or I, the I'm awarded purpose? Yes. Okay. Can you read the motion again, please? The recommendation is to approve the semi-annual report form for the 2024 ALBH grant cycle with the amendment of adding a box for purpose of grant awarded. Initial purpose. For initial. Mm -hmm. That's what Joseph had suggested. Okay. Commissioner Corbs, do you Second that. I guess it just. Are you wait? Who seconded? I'm sorry. I said that was okay. Alice. <laughs> sorry, I apologize. Do you approve that change and still second the motion? Oh, I guess I'm a little still confused. Okay, so it's going to be initial purpose awarded awarded of the grant. What was the initial purpose of the grant? What was the initial purpose of the award, of the okay. awarded grant? And that's to show if they did something different. Right, the right. They'll fill that out and then we and ask then them they, later, what did you spend it on? Transportation or something. Okay. Would there be a drop down? Do you want to limit the options? Wait, there's only four options. Free field, free text field. What, what Does if, some people have more than one? Some people have food and housing. Some people have transportation and food, so we, mm -hmm. a drop down would limit them to one, and we award grants that are more than one thing. Where on the form do you want it to appear? Right below um, the amount. The total award for the year? Yeah, right below it. I have it drafted already. Okay. 
Commissioner Ellis, does that you, still meet your approval for a second? Yes, I second. Okay, thank you. Our attorney has raised his hand and would like to speak. Yeah, <clears throat> you may want to consider just for clarity of the form and consistency that you use the same terminology that's included in the certification on the second page. So if you read that, it's for the purpose stated in the funding agreement. So I, I would suggest you use consistent terminology. And where is that? On page two, right, right above where they sign. I think, I think that's page three page for three us. Page three, then, okay. Before we take Page a vote. Page three, are you talking about adding a block that says I certify that? No, Commissioner. I think the suggested language that you add is that they use the funds for the purpose for which the grant was awarded. It was the initial purpose of the grant, the amount. Because we're asking them later, we give them the grant amount and then we're at saying to put in a box that says what was the initial purpose for which this was granted. And then we ask them how much have they spent and what have they spent it on? I realize that, but on the last page, you're asking them to certify that they use the money for the purposes stated in the funding agreement. I'm just suggesting that you either pick funding agreement or grant. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. All right. I wasn't clear. Thank you. So initial funding agreement. Okay. Are, are we are we also going to ask for a description as to or reasoning as to why the deviation happened from the initial uh, purpose? Like that, should, would, should, that would be an excellent. There's a place for them to enter narrative about this. So if it's different, they should enter it. If it's different and they don't enter anything, we should be checking with them because they are signing that they certify that the funds were only used for the purposes stated in the financial agreement, a funding agreement. So I don't know that we need another, another place for them to say. Yeah. Right. Something. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll amend my original motion to include a additional box here that says initial agreement amount, a funding agreement, initial funding agreement amount. Not the amount. No. I mean, reason, reason. Initial purpose of the funding agreement. Would that work better? Initial purpose of the funding agreement? That way it matches the certification in the, in the signature box? You could have it be, be word for word. You could say purpose stated in funding agreement. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Purpose stated. Does the, does the commission attorney have any agreement. suggestions as to the wording? Do you have any suggestions as to the specific wording? I mean, I would suggest you use the language in the certification, but you're sort of duplicating things here, but it's up to you if you want to add that additional box. But um, I would mirror this language as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I like what Laura said. So I have it written down as an initial um, purpose in funding agreement. Stated in the funding agreement. Oh, stated. OK, 
Can you read the motion again back to us, please? Thank you, Chair. The motion is to approve, approving the semi-annual report form for the 2024 ALBH grant cycle with the amendment to add a box indicating the initial purpose stated in the funding agreement. Commissioner Ellis. I second. Sure? Thank I you. second. Thank you. There any other discussion? All right. If the clerk can call the, oh yes, I'm sorry. Are there any public comments on this item? Thank you. I have no speaker slips here in chambers and no members of the public online with their hands raised. Thank you. Are there any others, any speakers who wish to speak any further on this item? Okay, will the clerk please call the roll? Thank you. Commis commissioners, please unmute yourselves for the roll call vote. Commissioner Corbs? Aye. Commissioner Yanis? Aye. Commissioner McIntosh? Aye. Commissioner Ellis? Aye. City Manager Chan is absent. Vice Chair Zamanudin? Aye. Chair Smith? No. Thank you. The motion passes. Okay, the item number three. There was a second form on item two. There is a second form on item two? Yes. Sorry. The uh, commission site visit form. Ah, yes. So we have begun using the commission site visit form this year and it, we need to either amend it or approve it for next year. Are there any, is there a staff presentation on this? I think the staff presentation is just providing Here's the, the, form the documents. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you. I have no speaker slips in chambers and no members of the public with their hands raised online. Okay. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Yes. Well, not necessarily. Right? I think there's a hand raised. I, I, I have a question. I want to know why is the organization visited down the bottom? You have to read it, everything down to the get to the, finding who was, we're visiting. Shouldn't that be like on the top? 
I think online it's not at the bottom. I know, but yes. this is the revision. Oh, this is, I was just going to say, because I was just entering my stuff on. Yeah, it's, it shows up third. Yeah, third it goes in order online. online. When you're so, filling it out online. So it's different online, and the printer version is on the bottom. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what it looks like. Page. I don't, know, don't yes. know why that happens, but when, when you're filling this out online, it, it shows up as the third It's thing. the date, the commissioner, and the information, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then the organization, then the address, right? Yeah. So if this is the, the proof and it's in the bottom, I move to have it moved to the top. I don't, I don't think we use the paper version anymore, do we? No. We just use the online link. So I, I think it's I don't know. There. It's Barbara the one that gets oh. it, so. Um, well, I don't know how you use the, the, the reports since I'm new back <laughs> to the commission, but. Uh, is it print like this? Is this what, we're, what we see? I specific? thought I had printed it out, um, but I might have uh, gotten it from what Janelle left behind. So I can double check um, and confirm that if it's not printing up above that we move it. Yeah. Is that what we want to so I think we would entertain a motion to leave the form as it currently appears online mm -hmm. with the organization visited underneath the commission member email. Would somebody like to make a motion to that effect, please? I will. I motion to move the um, organization visit if it's not already there to underneath the commissioner's member email. I think it might be clearer to just say to make the site visit form consistent with what's currently online for our use. Yes. I, I have a question. Okay. I, I mean, I guess, is anybody using the paper form? Like, no. what does it even no. matter then? We can't, well, we have to approve the form, the online form, which this is supposed to represent, but it doesn't. So we want to be sure the online form stays the, the same. No, the online form is correct. Right. So but why do we even need we're, a Well, this, is, this <laughs> document is what was included in the package that was sent to us and made available to the public. So we have to either approve this document or change this document. And so we need a motion to just be sure that the reporting form matches what's currently online for commissioner use. So it's only because it's been sent to people as this is what we're gonna use. Be consistent. Okay. Is there somebody that'd like to make a second to Commissioner Giannis's motion? Second. You? Any other discussion? Okay. Um, the clerk will please read the roll call for the vote. Thank you, Chair. Commissioners, please unmute for roll call vote. Commissioner Corbs? Aye. Commissioner Yanez? Aye. Commissioner McIntosh? Aye. Commissioner Ellis? Aye. City Manager Chan is absent. Commissioner Zaman Nudin? Aye. 
Chair Smith? Aye. Thank you. The motion passes. Thank you. Okay, item number three is the review and approval of the grant process and documents for the 2024 grant cycle. Do we have a presentation from staff? So there were a number of forms already in the packet. Um, when it was sent out with the agenda, there were also two forms added uh, that you did not receive prior, so we'll just work through one by one. Uh, the first uh, item was the, the community needs assessment for 2023 review. I don't know if there's some discussion uh, surrounding that. I think we um, used the community needs assessment to update the, the commission priorities if we need to. And so um, this year's grant priorities have been handed out to everyone. Um, the community needs assessment from my, and I looked at every one of these documents, um, hasn't changed much since the last time we did this. Mm -hmm. And unless people have a feeling that we should be adjusting our priorities um, or comments on how we adjust our priorities, anyone has anything they would like to say, please raise your hand. Commissioner McIntosh. Uh, so I wasn't able to see all the uh, community needs assessment. I, could, I was only able to access three of them. Uh, but all of them, in addition to housing and food, have listed uh, um, jobs and, and assistance in getting jobs. All, every single one of them said that. So it might be something we could consider adding back in, you know, employment assistance. Um, okay. Unless, unless we unless we officially referred, because we talked about wraparound services, um, and we never really defined wraparound services, and wraparound services do have um, employment assistance. Um, if we just officially say that's part of that, you know, we could do that maybe. Well, the, um, to reiterate our purpose, it's um, to support the basic human needs of destitute men, women, and children of the city. Um, and although there's work um, placement mentioned in a lot of these jobs, mentioned in a lot of these creating jobs, helping people find jobs, um, is that, does that fall in the four areas that we've identified as basic human needs, which is food, housing, transportation. Well, two, two of the needs assessments specifically say access to basic needs, such as housing, jobs, and food. Two of them actually call it out that way. And then a third one um, actually spends a lot of time on that one. Can I, can I make a comment? I, I think, would it be challenging for us to really have that be, I guess, quantified, um, or how, how, how would how would they 
how would we know how to use those funds, I guess, for that purpose? I mean, because at that point, I would imagine they would have to pay somebody, and then you know, it kind of comes into the, the, the paying somebody's salary to help somebody with the job placement, or and this is somewhere that I'm, yeah, exactly. So I mean, how, how, other than maybe buying computers for the, for the organization to help them with job placement, I don't, I don't know how else they would, how else we would fund it within the parameters that we can fund because um, it, se it seems like the main way is for them to hire somebody to help with the job placement. So mm -hmm. I, that's, that's Commissioner Corb is requested to speak. Make sure that I think if it was back in either November or February, I can't remember, that we had a lot of discussion about transportation and whether we were going to keep transportation. And I would really like to be able to leave here today knowing if we are going to allow transportation or not. Because okay. there so was so finish. much. So I, I just wanted to say, let's finish the job thing. And then I just. Um, there are a lot of organizations who provide job search assistance, job listings, placement assistance, that sort of thing um, that receive in California probably billions of dollars in funding. Um, and my concern would be is if we say job placement services that that gets us into the um, into a role of competing with a lot of existing services rather than helping with specific items that like it doesn't matter if you have a job or not if you don't have any food to eat or you don't have a place to sleep. Um, getting a job if you don't have some of these other services um, you can't you won't be able to keep that job without housing without food and I think there's a lot of um, material that supports that in these um, in these assessments that we've looked at and so I personally would like to see us stick with food and housing um, I'm concerned about expanding or trying to define wraparound services. Right. Yes, Commissioner Yanis. I respectfully disagree with you, Laura, because I come from Employment Development Department, and we do have CETA, the Sacramento Employment Training Agency, that provides that particular service. Not only that, but we also have other community-based organizations that offer that. I know for a fact that Francis House offers that, you know, a, you know how to do Word and, and Excel so they can get office trades and stuff. But I don't think we should add it to the ANLAT grant as a criteria. Though if there is a need, I, I recognize that. Definitely because I work for EDD for many, many, many years. So has Tazwick. We both have. And, um, but we do have organizations that meet that need already existing workforce development board is another one i'm just thinking top of my head the ones we we work closely with but there is already a agency serving that particular need i don't think we need to add it to ours because we only have like approximately 140,000, 145 and we're splitting it tinier and tinier and tinier better to give them enough so they can make a difference with food and, and housing thank you is there any more discussion? 
Okay, do we have a motion to change the funding priorities from last year? Um, well, I'd, I'd like to join in with Commissioner Corbs and, and have a discussion about transportation because I do agree that that's really critical. And, and I can table my comments about jobs. We don't need to discuss that further. Okay. So let's um, talk about transportation. As a thing, we did, we funded a lot of transportation this year. I don't know if we have, if it's easy to find in the, find the total dollar amount that was allocated to transportation or not. Barbara? I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Is it possible for you to easily determine the amount of money that we allocated to transportation this year? Uh, I can check. Let's see. I don't, I think the answer is going to be no, mostly because some organizations that we funded, we gave them a chunk of money and part of it was transportation. Some organizations we funded was 100% transportation. And so I think trying to find that level of detail is probably not going to be on our list of grantees. Okay, but the, the issue is some of us lowered our scores dramatically for organizations that were asking for transportation because it was not a listed priority of the commission. I agree. That's what happened. And, in, you know, in a lot of these places, I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, like, Wellspring. I mean, mm -hmm. theirs is primarily, I think they are 100% transportation. transportation. And so are we just going to, are they just So is the Asian Community Center. It's transportation, right. right. And they even, it's more even fixing, making sure that their cars are insured and all that stuff to provide the transportation. So, um, so right now, is it one of our funding priorities, or is it only housing and food? Is it only shelter and food? Our two funding priorities are food and housing. Oh, okay, I just it's on here somewhere. Okay, on my paper. So are we going to add transportation then, or are we not going to add it? Hang on a second. You have to make a motion. No, I'm just wondering. If, I mean, She's looking to see oh, if sorry. we can come up with a dollar amount. I'm not sure that's going to be possible. Looking to see if it was tracked in that manner, but I don't. And I think that the disagreement we had was, it says housing with a focus on services that pair housing with wraparound services. So it was what, what Lori was saying about what do we consider wraparound services? Mm -hmm. Does transportation include mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. And does, and even maybe the jobs, you know, that in, constitutes wraparound services, even though they're mm -hmm. not saying that explicitly. Um, but so we don't have to, I think, honestly, I think that's what happened in November. In November. We were there for hours and hours and hours and hours because we were debating the whole transportation. So I would mm -hmm. either rather have it listed or not. Um, I mean, if we list that, I mean, how, how many, we only have four categories, right? Right. If we, so, so then it becomes if we, the totem if we list all. all the categories, we no longer have funding, prior, um, funding priorities. Yeah, that's the challenge. And our goal was to try and establish funding priorities because we had a large demand for our, uh, our money and uh, not a large amount of money to give out. And so we, have, we were looking to find a way where we could focus our money on the areas of the most concern. 
And if you go through these, um, the number one things that are mentioned are food and housing and the service, wraparound kinds of services that go with housing. There are several that include transportation in these as a need. There are things that include job placement as a need. And we're not saying those aren't good needs. We're saying that in order for us to be thoughtful and careful about how we allocate money and to make it more transparent how we allocate money, we need to have priorities. And I agree with that, but yet, but yet in November, we all had differences about whether transportation was part of that. Right. And so some people voted lower, some people voted higher, and so so much for our matrix was supposed to make it a, you know, objective and not subjective, we're now being subjective again. So. Sure. Want to propose a motion? Well, to, to consider it, I mean, to, to keep it as is or, or to add transportation. Well, I'm not sure I want to do a motion yet. I want to know if, if we're all going to agree that if someone's applying for transportation, that we're all going to agree that that is one of the items that someone's not going to get dinged for because they're requesting money for transportation. <laughs> Could we... Just a discussion still. I mean, could we create some sort of uh, tiered system that maybe ranks the um, the objectives for we the year? We already have that here. Right, but you know, something for example, just thinking out loud would be um, what's food first. So food would be a hundred percent covered, and then maybe whatever's next would be seventy percent. So, so that because transportation, mental health, all of that, it's, it's very important still, and we don't want to not give them anything. Um, but if the priorities, if it could be tiered, that might keep us objective, right, to where whatever amount that they ask for, we could still give them maybe a percentage after the others have been funded. Um, I don't that's, know. What are, your, what are your thoughts? That's, that's very difficult to do. I think to simplify, I, I moved, I make a motion to keep it as is. Food and housing are the two priorities over, over transportation make it black and white, that way we don't have a confusion. So now when we get the places like Wellspring that are 100% transportation, we're just gonna give them zero in November? Yes. And ACC, you're gonna give and them zero. ACC? Right. See, I, I, I'm, I'm personally not comfortable with that. Neither yeah. am I. Yeah. But my, my thought is that we, we had, we agreed these were our funding priorities, but then when we look at the, the final evaluations, we were giving people a score of nine who were only asking for money for transportation. Which, and, I mean, there were several people who gave scores of nine to does it meet our funding priorities. Well, I think that's it because it was the wraparound. You know, it's the, it's the no, wording with the wraparound. it was 100% transportation. Well, yeah, but, I mean, is that considered a wraparound service for housing? It's right there. It's but a they weren't, there service. was no housing involved in these grants. It was 100% transportation, and we gave them score. Some commissioners issued scores of nine to somebody who was trans all transportation, and no food and no housing. So, to me, either there's an education issue that people aren't understanding how we're what how we're what these ratings mean, 
or there's an issue with our process in how we determine what our priorities are and then how we apply those priorities. I'll be the first to admit it was an, an education session for me because I just assumed that transportation, we had always funded that, we were going to continue to fund that, and then there was this long discussion last time. So I, I think we need to decide, like right here today, are we going to allow transportation or not? Just kind of leave it at that. Because then we're wasting time. We're, we're, we're wasting these people's time if they're going to be doing these grants. And then they show up in November and they're expecting something. Yeah. And then we say, no, you're not going to get anything. Right. I, I just am not comfortable with that at all. Well, historic, I, I would rather not use historically right. we've okay. done this because we haven't, years for years, this organization just gave money if you asked for it. Okay. And if we had, if people asked for $200,000 worth of stuff and we had 150, we just took that percentage off everybody's and gave them that amount of money. And it was completely subjective. And so now we're trying to put in some well, ob I objectivity. That. I understand that. With that. But we are not being consistent in how that objectivity is, is dealt with. And to me, that's a concern because it affects our credibility. And our pe the people want to know how we're rating. They want to know why we're rating that way. Um, so I think we have an obligation to our grantees to tell them. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. I totally agree with you. We have an obligation to decide yes or no. So but I also don't think we have an obligation to continue to fund everybody we've ever funded before. Because that seems yeah, to be, right, that right. seems no, to be coming into right. the discussion when I think our discussion should be more, what do we want to do? And that's just, that's me. I'm happy to hear from Yusuf. Yeah. Could, could we put a max score on the lower tier priorities? So, if, you know, the max score for food for this year would be 10. The max score for shelter would be like an 8. Um, you know, transportation, maybe if it's last, would be a five, right? So that way it, it keeps its objective sort of forcefully that, you know, if you, you can't do above five because it's sort of the last priority on our, um, on our scorecard. But what do you guys think? Would that be? You know, like if you have 10,000, you can divide it between all the 10 people that have, you know, 15 people or nine, do we have 32 people? It's very difficult to do practically. You know, I, I'm talking, you know, it's, it's hard practically to do that kind of adding and multiplication during a middle session in November. It, it's either like yes or no, or because when you eliminate transportation, then you're giving more money to food and housing. You're making it more effect. Um, with interviews that I've done, food and housing is still a big issue. And, and, and because the prices have gone higher, they can't, they can't forgive as much because the prices have increased. So if we increase their grant they, that meets the price hike, then we're giving them equitable service, you know, funding to provide sufficient servicing. I know it's cutthroat, but I'm looking, I, I finished my five interviews and all five of them, and I, and I did have Will Springs, but they are 100% RTD. They, they purchased 2,400 every six months tickets at 50% off and they just provide transportation. They have plenty of food. But if we need to, 
I'm just looking at, the, they said the prices are, are gouging, especially the food prices. It's more expensive, so they can't give as much as they used to. But if we give them that extra money that was been reduced by, because we need to know today, make that decision today so that they know those who are applying 100% transportation don't bother to apply because they're not going to qualify. It's, it, we have, it's a disservice to them to say, yeah, apply, and then we're not going to value your, your segment of transportation. That's what I was saying. I just yes. don't want to waste anybody's time. Right. I, I agree really with don't. you. I mean, if, if the commission decides that we're not going to do transportation, then we're not. Yes. But, um, you know, it's really difficult to go to the Wellsprings and go to the um, mm -hmm. Asian Community Center and see what good they're doing. Yeah. But I understand, Commissioner Smith, I do, I promise, I understand that we have to decide, mm -hmm. right? And if housing and, and food is the most important and we cut out transportation, then we need to cut it out and let them know that. I think the challenge, though, is, you know, I, I, I don't think we've had these priorities for, I don't know how long we've had these priorities, but I can't, I can't imagine, yeah, I, mean, I, I can't imagine transportation would ever be in the top two. Right. It's, it's, so that would mean that the, the commission would effectively just be taking transportation just out of the question in the future indefinitely. And, you know, the, the other part of this is, you know, some people use those transportation services to go get food. So it's sort of an indirect way of still landing to our, to our priorities. And that's, you know, that was sort of my internal battle last year is that a lot of people have relied on these services to get to their doctor's appointments, to go and get food. And it's hard to not fund that at all, right? So, and 2,400 people, if our commission is, is paying for that, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big impact, right? So, it's, and if we provide them, if, if transportation is last in the, in the tiered, let's say if it's a, if it's a tiered um, priority, then at least they get some funding. And maybe not 2,400 people would, would have access to those bus passes, but maybe 1,200 would. So it's just, it's just hard for me to really consider just taking transportation out almost indefinitely because I can't imagine transportation would ever be top or even top two, so. It's a hard one. Yes. Barbara? You, you had a request to speak. Uh, I, it's been a while back, but I was just looking at the dollars that were spent for, uh, for transportation. It, it's really hard to discern because there were only two that were exclusively transportation. I think it came to uh, about 14,000, but then it's, it's blended into 42,600, so. When I did, I, I got all of the detail from all of the requests. That, and I talked about it in February, there was 20,000, 20, 21,000 that we gave to individuals that were nothing, offered nothing in our, mm. in our priorities. Because I actually looked, because there were some that was transportation and utility assistance. Um, the one that comes to mind is the traveler's aid because that's, it's transportation, utility assistance, and then some hotel vouchers, but most of their money was, tra was transportation and utility vouchers. So it came to about 
18, 19% of the money that we gave out, we gave out to people that weren't in our funding priorities. And do we want, is that okay? Or do we want to change something to fix that if you see it's a problem? I think there's a motion on the floor, though, right? There's uh, no motion on the floor. There's no I think, motion. I think, I think a motion. To add I transportation? No, to remove it. Oh, to remove it. No I know, no one seconded okay. it. W would it be um, undoable to have sort of max score? To remove it. it wasn't even on there to remove it, so that shouldn't have even been a motion. No, you can well, make a motion. you can make a motion to do whatever you want, but oh. <laughs> if there's not a second, then it dies. Well, I was going to say, it's not even second. on there, so if there was a motion to remove it, there was nothing to remove. So so it should be if there's going to be a motion to add it. That would be the thing if we want to add it. Uh, would it would it be um, unreasonable, uh, I guess this might be for the, for the staff or for everybody, to add some sort of the max score for some of the... the priorities that are not listed as a top two. So for, for example, again, oh. transportation, if it's on there, maybe a max of four or five, just so something is provided. One um, of the thing, the, one of the next things we have to talk about is do we want to change this? Okay, so that's I probably think more that's appropriate. The time to look at that? Change what? Okay, that. The evaluation matrix. Okay, and I so didn't the know time to at. talk about how to evaluate is when we're doing this. Okay. So, We're just going to call on you when your name disappears. Did you have something? Well, it sounds like what you're saying is something that we'll be discussing soon. Because, it, and I was just, you know, basing um, on the community needs assessments, where where they list transportation, um, and where it falls. You know, because these community needs assessments, the there's a lot of data involved in creating these. So, I think we need to pay attention to what they have to say. Eric, have something to add? Uh, thank you. Uh, I just wanted to add for the record that the motion was to keep as is the funding priorities. Oh, that was the motion? Okay. Yes. All right. So the motion is still on the table. Um, or we can reiterate. Or you want to make the motion again? So if you make the motion, though, and then we decide later to add transportation, then we're going to have another motion? Is that what, how it would work yes. when you start talking about your matrix? I, no. no. <laughs> we, we need to decide if these are our priorities for this year. I, I think the, prior, the priorities itself, if it's a priority, we can still have those priorities, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the other services are just zeroed out. Right? No, we score those other services. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah. so is there a second to the motion to keep the fund, the commission priorities the same as they were last year? I second. Thank you. Okay, so I have a motion by Commissioner Yanez and a second by Commissioner Zamanuddin. And will the clerk please call the roll for a vote? Should we, do we need to vote on this separately or should we 
because all of these are one item on the agenda, should they be discussed and then voted on as a package? Is that a question for me? That's a question for you, Michael. I apologize. It's okay. Um, the uh, site visit form, oh, I'm sorry. Um, We're on number three. Right. Um, it would be one motion. Okay, so for each one, then we decide what we want to do, and then at the end, we incorporate either changes or keep as is. And that's how the recommendation is listed in the agenda. You could do it either way. You could do a separate motion for each sub item in item three, or you could pass one motion that incorporates all three items and any changes that you have. Might be cleaner to just do, do them one at a time if there's no legal reason not to do that. It's within the commission's discretion to do that. Okay, thank you. All right, so it's been moved and seconded to approve the commission priorities document um, as it stands for the 2024 funding year. Can the clerk please call the roll? Thank you. Com commissioners, please unmute and turn Oh, I'm sorry. Please unmute for the roll call vote. <coughs> Commissioner Corbs? Aye. Commissioner Yanez? Aye. Commissioner McIntosh? Nay. Sorry, can you repeat? Nay. Okay. Commissioner Ellis? Aye. City Manager Chan is absent. Uh, Vice Chair Zamanuddin? Aye. Chair Smith? Aye. Thank you. The motion passes. Actually, under the city code, it takes five votes to pass an item. Five to pass. I think we have five. Oh, well, yeah, we have five. Oh, I'm sorry. I Four. thought I heard two nays. Uh, Just one. To repeat for the record, I have uh, eyes for Corbs, Yanez, uh, Ellis, Zamanuddin, and Smith. Correct? Okay. So. Okay, let's move on to the awards matrix, which is this document in your package. to do uh, well, the evaluation. I think this is going to be easy. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll go with that one. All right, so the grant awards matrix. So the grant awards matrix, we basically, once we've come up with the individual scores and finalized, voted on the finalized scores, then the scores are entered onto the matrix with the applicant's name, the request, the final scores, and then the top then they're divided into um, groups of five, and we give out 180, 60, 40, or 20 percent, and then below that 20 percent level, 
there's no award, and then if there is money left, we distribute it based on consensus of the commission, um, generally to the top, the top award getters, so we're not rewarding people who had low scores. Um, this is just a tool that the staff plug numbers into, and it spits out an outcome that allows us to massage it and come up with how much money people get. Are there any commissioners that feel like we need to make changes to this document? Or is it working okay for us? Barbara, I know you've never used it. So. <laughs> <clears throat> it seemed to work okay for your predecessor. Would somebody like to make a motion to approve the awards matrix as it has been for the last few years? I make a motion to approve the award matrix. Thank you. I second. Okay, thank you. It's been moved by Commissioner Zemanuddin and seconded by Commissioner Korb to keep the funding awards matrix, which is actually an Excel spreadsheet, um, in its current form, the clerk could please call the roll. Is there any, any input on this one? Any speakers? Community input? Okay. I guess I, I need to ask Mr. Sparks, do I have to recuse myself because I created this? No, you don't, Commissioner. <laughs> okay. Commissioners, please unmute for the roll call vote. Commissioner Corbs? Aye. Commissioner Yanez? Aye. Commissioner McIntosh? Aye. Commissioner Ellis? Aye. City Manager Chan is absent. Vice Chair Zamanuddin? Aye. Chair Smith? Aye. Thank you. The motion passes. Okay. The next item for consideration is the grant guidelines, which is this document that you all received in your package. So just to clarify, the, the highlights indicate what's been changed for the current year so that you don't need to read the whole thing. <laughs> um, and the the dollar amount available will be announced uh, later in the year once the treasurer's office provides that. So this goes out though in August. Correct. So at our August meeting, um, we'll get that number and then it'll be plugged into here? Yes, she said she could provide it after uh, fiscal year end. Okay, great. And with the dates, I, I mirrored um, for the 2023 cycle as, as close as possible. Thank you. I think the one thing we definitely need, I, the dates are all correct from my review. Um, but the one thing that we need to review is the requirement for a grant applicate a person who's applied for a grant. <laughs> um, 
must attend the meeting. Um, It says applicant agencies are required to have one representative attend the annual funding meeting. Mm -hmm. um, last year's funding meeting was, um, from a personal standpoint, brutal. <laughs> um, and there had been a rec there had been a recommendation from the prior staff support from the city, um, who had seen us through a couple of round funding rounds. Um, to consider removing that requirement and consider not receiving any input from the grantees and only having our um, award discussion, a review of the scores that the individual um, commissioners had given, a discussion if there was a big discrepancy in the individual awards, and then the tallying of the not the awards, the scores, the tallying of the scores, and then the final decisions about the rankings. And to eliminate the public, the grantee applicants input completely. That was Janelle's idea. So I, I think we it would be a good discussion to have about whether we want to do that or not. And so, uh, Vice President Zemanuddin. Yeah, um, you know, I think it would be challenging if they are not present, if there's any questions or any discrepancies on the applications and what have you. And if they're not here, it would be really hard to clarify. And then we'd be sort of almost blindly giving them funding or not giving them funding. Um, so I, I, think, I think we should keep that. Um, what, I, what I would suggest is maybe having sort of an agenda that outlines to not really exact, but maybe within like a two hour time frame as to maybe when their part would be, you know, so it can say for ACC, their uh, potential time would be between 10 a.m. to 12 uh, to, to noon. So that way they can sort of limit the time that they're here and sitting down or staying on Zoom just, just on hold. Um, so if they have that sort of uh, time frame. I mean, within like two hours or an hour, I, I don't know. I know we digress a little bit, or last year was a lot, but, um, <laughs> you know. You're from I, 8 to 12. I mean. 9 to 1 is, the, is oh, nine to one what it's scheduled is, for, but we went until after 3 o'clock last yeah. year. Yeah. So if we can kind of reduce that to a, t a And we had people that left the Zoom call because yep. it just went on and on and on yep. so long. Oh. Um, so there's, we can try and control it better. Um, I think if we go down the line, you never know who's going to take more time than a minute or two. Um, this last time we had what, 40, about 40 applicants, I think, if anybody remembers better than me. <laughs> um, and, but we don't get to discussing with the applicants until about, it was about 30 or 40 minutes into the meeting because there's all the meeting minute approvals, the reports on the status of the fund, all of those things that come before the actual funding. Um, so the other thing we could do is require them to be present, but they may be present 
you know, like 40 minutes after the start of the meeting to the end of the meeting, you know, which might save them a little bit of time. Um, the other thing that we could do is only ask them to speak if a commissioner has questions on their, applica on their application package. Um, that's, a, that's an option. If it's a public meeting, aren't, they, aren't we required to allow people to speak? That's kind of a legal question. Yes, any member of the public can speak on any item on the agenda. So they could request to speak, but we wouldn't, as a practice during the meeting, call on each one of them to speak. Sure, you could set up your procedure so that uh, you would only ask them questions if you had questions that you wouldn't require them to make a presentation of any length of time so that they're there and available to answer questions if you have them, but they don't give a presentation. I think the, that's an option then that we could consider. You know, one of the organizations that had applied, um, I can't remember what the organization was, but it, while they sort of explained their actual process and what they were looking to do, they started talking about paying for staff and that wasn't clear on their actual application, but it made it clear when they actually started speaking. And if they weren't required to speak, we would have never known. And I, th I think they asked for, I don't know, like 5,000. It wasn't, it wasn't the max, I know that. But if they didn't speak, then we would have never known. So that's, that's sort of the, um, the potential risk on our side of not having them tell us really what they're planning on using it for. And if, if we don't make that mandatory, then we won't really know until after the fact. Um, I guess we would in the application, but you know, that, that only says so much, it's black and white. Commissioner McIntosh. So um, uh, two points I wanted to make. Um, there are other city commissions um, that you know, disperse funds and they do not ask for input. And they actually kind of discourage it. Um, so, but I do like um, that sort of hybrid idea you have of asking them to be here if we have a question, but not requiring them all to speak. And, and the, the, one of the reasons I like that is because, um, I'll just speak for myself, sometimes I, I, I click into that mode like, oh, but if you would just, next year, if you just say blah, 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 you know, that would really strengthen your application. You know, that, that'll take that away from me, <laughs> which is a good thing. <laughs> so that's a good thing. Um, and the other uh, point I wanted to make was maybe this will finally be the year where we consider, um, top, you know, putting a, a limit on what people asks, ask for. I have that in my notes to talk about with this as well. Great. Um, Commissioner Corbs. So right now, they don't have a limit as to how long they talk? I thought they had a limit two of two minutes. minutes. Yeah. I told them two minutes, but. Okay, so we just, I mean, we need to enforce the two minutes. Mm -hmm. So no, just it's us, it's us asking them questions. Oh, we That's only have two so minutes. But how long does? No, we don't have any limit at all. We don't have so a limit. You don't have a limit, but I'm saying they have a limit of two minutes, mm -hmm. right? So, um, we should. I mean, I'm just thinking. Okay, so they get their two minutes, and then we can um, write down our questions if we have them, um, and then I'm just thinking if we asked our questions, if we had questions, and I, I agree with you. Like we need to just stop. 
well, why aren't you buying fresh food? Or why aren't you, you know, like, right. stop it. Okay, because I know I did that too, right? You know, but after they're done presenting and we've asked their our questions, I'm wondering if they can be allowed to leave at that point. They've been here, they showed up, we asked, just like, a, you know, city council come in, they do their two mm -hmm. minutes and then they leave. Mm -hmm. um, they could they can leave and we can just discuss how much they're gonna get because we've already asked the questions I mean I don't know how many times we've gone back after the fact after we've done our little matrix and then we said oh well we have additional questions has that happened often I don't think it to my knowledge it yeah. hasn't happened. so they come and they speak and then they they can they're more than welcome to sit around if they want to but they can be leave at that point that will cut down on the time so they're you know because if how many how many different so let's say there's 40 I don't know if there's going to be how many there are, and that's two minutes. I mean, that right there, that's probably going to be two hours, you know, with questions and all that stuff. Barbara, you had your hand raised. Oh, yeah, I just, I, because these are all new faces since I administrated this many years ago. <laughs> so I just want to be sure everyone's aware of the precedent that, at least at that time, they did not speak for two minutes. They were only asked to be here um, in case there were questions. And that was always the way I believe it had always been run before. Should we limit it that they own, they can speak for one minute? Maybe we only have them speak for one minute. Or are we saying eliminate them from speaking? Because I, mm -hmm. I, I think what Yosef said here was like, wait, what? You're paying salaries? Hmm. Right, but that should be clear. Clear in their it application. Be. It should be. But, you know, it should. It should be. Um, and if we can't tell what they're spending the money on, then we get a list. Then we shouldn't, we could either ask or not give them much money. Because in many, well, from my personal standpoint, um, I, I took place, I took part in a lot of grant reviews and a lot of contract reviews. And we never had people there to answer questions. It was, if it was not on that piece of paper, then they didn't get it. If, if it wasn't clear what they wanted, then they didn't get points for that item. So it's an, it's an option to not have them attend. I like the idea from a personal standpoint of requiring them to be here and answer any questions we may have of them, but no required presentation. They could still request to speak because by state law, we have to let them speak for up to two minutes. But if they're sitting here and we come to their application and we, I look at everybody else's scores and our scores are all kind of in the same ballpark and I don't have any questions and none of the other commissioners have any questions, we just say, thank you very much, you can go. But they're here if we need them. But Commissioner Corbs, what's, what is it, what's your concern if, if they aren't speaking, I guess? Is, I'm trying to figure out where you're coming from on all this. What's my concern if they don't speak? Mm -hmm. No, I, I mean, I, my only concern was, and I think that Yusuf brought up a good point, is that was that, it was either last year or the year before. I can't remember. Two years ago where someone, right, all of a sudden someone was talking about paying salaries and we were yeah, like, what? So, but, but I agree with, with Commissioner Smith that that should be in the, in the grant. Um, so I don't personally 
if they don't speak, that's fine. I'm not saying I, I'm not saying that I they have to speak at all. Um, so if they don't have to speak, then they would have to be here for the whole time in case we have a question. So how would that work? If they don't oh. speak, we would just call out the. We would consider each each grantee individually. So we would call out their have, name. We, we would, would say, "Is there any questions?" Of the any questions of the commission. Commission. And then, if there are no commission questions, then we thank them for their application, and they can leave. And they can leave. Okay. So they could literally maybe be here for just a couple minutes. Or an hour and a half, or two hours. Depending upon, are we right. going whatever? But it way would we're certainly going. speed up our process. Oh yeah. No, I have no. I mean, I really don't have a problem with that. But I do like the idea of still asking them to be here. Um, let's just an unnamed organization that we have been funding for milk for years. For the last two years, they forget to put that in the application. It would be really, it would give us the opportunity to say, "Are you no, asking us for milk?" You know, I completely agree. I think yeah. they have to show good faith yeah. to come and be present. Yeah. Right. Can can we? put into, um, I guess, our guidelines that we highly encourage them to speak, but it's voluntary, I, something like those don't lines? Think that's, I personally don't think that's necessary. Yeah. I would say, we don't I highly would, encourage them to speak. We don't want them to speak. I would say we're required to have one representative attend the funding meeting and say this year's meeting will not require a presentation by each applicant but we ask that you attend the meeting in case commissioners have questions about your application. Mm -hmm. That's fair. I like that. Yeah. I think we're all just thinking, last year just, man, put us over the edge. Yeah. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, Barbara, did you get enough to be able to insert a sentence? Do we know why the commission even added that if it wasn't originally as a part of the process? And I'm kind of curious as to the reasoning why they even added that if it, it wasn't initially needed. In the year or two before I joined the commission, which was after Barbara had stopped being the staff support for the commission, and we went, we had two different staff support people during that time, during the last seven years. So um, I don't think we have any, there's no institutional knowledge left. Were you here when that was done? I've been here um, 11 or 12 years. Awesome. I'm close to, I'm close to retiring here. <laughs> so do you remember? They, they were there to not, not present, but to be uh, responding to any questions and inquiries that the board had. Um, some rarely, rarely had a presentation. You know, like they wanted to share something else that they forgot or something like that. But it was only they were required. If they were not required, they would, they get zero. Right. But that they had to be here to answer questions. So, at what point did it change from be here to answer our questions to be here to do a presentation for us? It was never. It was never anywhere written to say they have to do a presentation. Oh. They I don't know. know. It, it must well, have been a president been. who started asking each of them to speak just. Randomly, I don't, I don't. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. I think but evolved, I'm naturally involved to that. It shouldn't. It was just be there. So 
a person, I have a question regarding, I didn't understand this, or wait a minute, I see that you had an audit and it wasn't addressed. Can you please come uh, forward and clarify? Right. And that was the purpose for them being present, required. Uh, there has been several um, applicants who have never showed up. They could have come from the community, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because, uh, you know, I'm on year six here, so prior to that, there, it could have been pretty loosey-goosey, some of the decisions that were being made up here, and the community may have been asking to present so that we were, you know, the people sitting up here were processing mm -hmm. what they're actually asking for. It could have been something like that. I, okay, so. The reason can be just that we're getting to be, there's so many grantees now, right. there's just a time constraint. So we don't have to say that. I think we could add a sentence that says, due to the number of grant requests, the commission will not be requiring presentations that applicants are required to attend the meeting to answer any questions that the commission may have. I don't even know if I would say that they're not required to. I would just say that they will not be given a presentation unless they want to do their public comment. Because if you're saying they're not requiring, then they're going to say, well, it's not required, but we're going to. I don't know. I mean, uh, if they, I, but for they, me, if I'd they, say like it's not required, but I'm still gonna I'm gonna still share what what great things right, we're doing. Well, they have a right to do that, right? But so I just want to be sure. Not we're, during not during though this time. It would be during the public comment time. It wouldn't be during the grant right. review time. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's two different times. Mr. Sparks, would you like to opine on that? They'd be able to speak on the agenda item when at the appropriate time while the commission is considering that agenda item. So they wouldn't have to wait to public comment, and maybe I'm misunderstanding what you're saying. They don't have to wait until public comment on matters not on the agenda. They could speak during the, the at, at the point of time during that agenda item when you open the floor for public comment. Well, so let's say the first one is you know, Asian Community Center. Okay, does anybody have any questions on Asian Community Center? No. At that time, would they say, I want to do my two minutes, even if we say we don't have questions, or would we then go to whatever the next one, Meals on Wheels, no questions, okay. Um, Stanford Settlement, no questions. And then at the end, if someone wanted to speak, or is it right after each one, that's when they have the opportunity? Well, it's when the chair opens up the floor for public comment. <laughs> Which so, would be what, during it or at the end? I, I don't know the appropriate time to do that, but it would seem like after we're done with them, opening for public comment and then having somebody come up and do a presentation isn't going to accomplish anything. Okay. Okay. Um, so I would rather tell them that a presentation is not required, but we ask for them to be present to answer any questions. Yes. Okay. I just think that you're going to get a lot of people still wanting to present if you. I'm I'm trying to discourage. I'm, I'm I chose those words because I think it might be discouraging hmm. to unnecessary presentations. So. Commissioner Ellis, sorry. <laughs> Yes, can you say that presentations are not allowed? I, That's what I, I was saying. Mr. Sparks, yeah. is there, do you have an opinion about? to make a comment during public comment. Well, 
as part of your uh, as part of your process, you could say we're not allowing applicants to speak, but you can't prohibit them from speaking right. as a member of the public. And that would be at the end. That would be after we've done all our stuff, and now at the end, is there any public comment or however it's said? Do you agree with that? Yes, I, I, I think. Um, I, I'm trying to think of the timing during an agenda item when the uh, when the head of the meeting opens up an item for comment, is it before or after the commission discusses the item on the agenda? I guess I'll defer to the clerk's office on that. Uh, yes, thank you. Usually it's before the discussion. So um, just looking at last year's agenda, uh, it was for allocating funding and grant applications. So that was presented, then open for public comment, then discussion. I think we should give them the option. You know, if we don't want to, personally, I wouldn't want to discourage anyone from speaking while they're, while we're discussing them as an organization. And if they want to, come and sort of present their case while they're sort of being talked about. I mean, I think they should have the right to do that versus waiting till the get end. The right. Yeah, versus the right waiting till the end. Or in the, well, if, if they do it in the beginning, then they really wouldn't have a chance to speak, right? If there's public comments in the beginning of the discussion and then we get to them in the middle, then, you know, how would they even know at that point what we're going to discuss up here, right? So if, if they're not required, I can't imagine a lot of the organizations that have, that have asked for grants for such a long time and have always gone funding that they would really speak. It might be the newer ones who haven't really uh, uh, applied before, received a lot of funding that would maybe justify their case. But it would, just not requiring it would probably reduce the workload or reduce the time allotted for a lot of these organizations. I, I think that would make it more efficient. And then maybe we can I'm review it next year. I'm fine with that. I'm just... I just was listening to Commissioner Ellis say, can we just tell him not to speak? <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure we want to actively discourage them from speaking, okay. but I think if we say the commission will not be request, re requesting a presentation from each applicant, however, the applicant must still be present for the commission to ask questions during the discussion of their grant. Um, and you said it differently there. We're not going to be requesting a presentation, whereas before you said we're not going to be requiring. Right. I, and I, I, I know that sounds so silly, but those two words make a difference. So I yeah. like what you said, we're not going to be requesting. So go ahead and let's do a motion really quick before we this, forget this, what we that said. That doesn't have to be a motion. <laughs> oh, it doesn't have to be? Okay. We just write down that's what we want the words to okay. be. And then because we're not done with this format. Oh, okay. <laughs> so is there... General consensus that that makes sense? Yes. yes. That the commission Absolutely. will not be requesting presentations from each applicant, but the grant, the grant applicant must have a representative in the room to answer any questions we might have during the discussion of their grant request. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Okay. Do we have it anywhere here that they are disqualified if they're not present? 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Failure to attend the meeting will result in disqualification. We actually had some organizations not get funding this year because they left before we got to them. Okay, the other thing that um, I think we may want to consider adding to the grant guidelines is that the is a maximum request. And somebody else mentioned this earlier. So my thought was to, I'm just pulling this number because it's a nice big round number, $10,000. Yeah, we all agree. Yeah. Did you shake your head yes? Two thumbs up. And Commissioner Ellis? Okay. All right. So we're, and I'm not sure where we would add that. I probably under funds available. Yeah. Last year's average award was this maximum amount allowed. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Maximum grant request. Request. Sorry. Yeah. And I, I also like that you know topping it at ten thousand because if someone asks for twelve thousand. Um, they're sort of like gaming our system. Yeah. Because that, let, let's say they, they, they fall in the 80% matrix, that they're going to get, you know, they're, they're going to get, get 10,000. Or the organization that asked for 20 something thousand yeah. last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It levels the playing field, yeah. I think. Absolutely. Okay. Are there any other things we want to talk about changing in the grant guidelines? Do staff have anything they think we should change in the grant guidelines? Uh, no, but I apologize that the grant application itself did not print, so I have it online on your screens for this. Oh, okay. How do you how do I make this full screen? Touch it. Oh, just touch it? Ah. I have a question really quick though. Okay, so can we put this aside and we've agreed on what we're gonna do, those two changes? Mm -hmm. All right. So we don't have the grant application printed. Um, wonder if I printed it because it, nope. So are there things in this grant application that we feel need to be changed from last time? Ready to go up? I have a question on the guidelines. The, the guideline document? Yeah. yeah. My name is up here. <laughs> oh, sorry. I switched to full screen and I lost the journey. My only raised. question was, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but last year there was some things that were not, they filed for something, but, but it wasn't updated in the system. Do you remember what that was? Yeah, it's the Secretary of State's. Well, it's, it's the Office of Attorney General. And it, and it says right here that once applications are received, uh, you know, they have to have all their documents in by Friday, October 13th. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing when we met in November, people had sent in their documents, but they weren't so all pending. available. And then we spent how long discussing that? Well, if their documents aren't available, should we grant, give them funds? I just want to make sure, I don't know what the... I think that's a requirement. And Mr. Sparks, if you can chime in here, having those things provided to us is a requirement of the city? Is that true? 
I think that is, um, yes, that under the city's general grant guidelines, we require 501c3 tax-exempt organizations to uh, have current registration on the registry of charitable trusts. And it was that they applied on time. They did. It was just that the state was taking, it was the state, I believe, not the city, right? The state that was taking. It was pending. Right. It was pending and pending. And then so we had this big discussion of whether we were going to give them any money. And I think we ended up saying that we would. If and still, as long as that came through. Right. But God, there was a lot of discussion. So I just want to make sure that we figure out. All right. We, we, we ended up granting them the money with the understanding that before the first distribution, we had to have, have their document. documentation. Mm -hmm. And then. And we'll do that. I don't remember if they, the documentation was all eventually received or if there was some people that we didn't send the money because we never got it. You know? I think Janelle sent us a note saying that they, she got all everything. Mm -hmm. It looked didn't she? like she everyone didn't. was okay. paid out. Okay, all. so we're just going to say that the same thing. As long as they have submitted for their documentation and can prove that, we will go ahead with the funding. We could approve the funding it wouldn't be paid until we had that proof. Pending that they have that proof. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. just make. We don't actually have. We don't. We don't have that authority. The city has that authority, so we don't even really have to say it. Okay. So because we did a motion to accept the first two documents, um, then I think we need to go back and do the grant guideline document as well. Because we did a motion to there's a hand raised accept the memorial the commit the excuse me the priorities we did a motion to accept the awards matrix so in keeping with our doing each chunk then I would entertain a motion to approve the 2024 grant guidelines with the addition of the maximum grant request and the clarification about the purpose of their attendance. Somebody like to make that motion? Uh, before we make a motion, um, I had a question. Uh, since part three, it is the grant guidelines and application documents, all is one. So I guess my question for the city attorney is, or for uh, the commission is, are we splitting those? Is that all right? Because we haven't, it doesn't sound like we reviewed the application documents. Right, there's three parts. And so now we're discussing further splitting the third part. So. You think we should wait, Mr. Sparks? Um, Since it's listed as one item, um, I, I would I would take item three as one item. Okay. okay. So let's move move on with reviewing the application form then. Everyone okay with the? Uh Is that data ever used, the council district data? 
At, at one time, we had a, a question regarding right on the borderline, and they were almost in the county, and it, um, it was, um, oh, actually, a real change because they moved. And we were, and it was just the borderline. I mean, the next street over, they would have been out of the, so we had to look it up. So it was helpful. But did, do we need the, the specific council district? Because that question could be answered is, is, are they in the city of Sacramento? But do we need the specific council address? district is this something that the city council members ask for yes I see you shaking your head yes <laughs> my guess is that the, they, that they get a report from all the commissions saying where the funding is going and which which organizations w within their district have received funding okay that sounds reasonable okay all right moving on a uh, quick question um, I don't recall if we talked about this in the last meeting, but we had that public comment. I, I think it was from that animal shelter that, um, yeah, yeah. So where can we exclude that, I guess? I mean, although I, I thought it would be a really good idea, but still it doesn't fall anywhere near our actual objectives. So can we just make it crystal clear somehow that we don't fund that so there's no other confusion later? Because I think that was, she even sent a long email um, wanting us to discuss this. And I don't think we did in the last meeting. Um, can we put it, is it needed to even put it somewhere on the application? This is just a general conversation or discussion with the, with the commission. Like how can we make it clear? Question three asks for the category of service to provide the funding. Right. And so, um, the other that's is where they would put it, and then we decide if that falls within our. But how did <coughs> it get through last time? Then it didn't. They didn't get any money. Yeah, we, well, they didn't get any money. That's right. But they. But it took time. Can we can we put somewhere for human needs? <laughs> like, well, it's in it's our mission. It's right. Just, yeah, but 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 I'll give you some men, women, and children of Sacramento. Yeah. I mean, that is how true. much more clear? Okay, history. Someone before asked us for funeral services. Hmm. I remember that one. He had a you know the person's destitute in the city, but she, they needed funds for the coffin and the funeral. So maybe we should put there, and that in parentheses something is. If it's outside of this realm, it's, it's disqualified. So they don't, they did apply. They did present <laughs> their case. And it was also another one was for reading. Another case we had was, I don't know, Sheila, you were in there. She was asking to help kids read the destitute population of children. And they justify that as, you know. So maybe we should have saying something Outside of nutrition, transportation, and shelter, it's excluded. Or some, some wording. Because we have had those situations arise already. We can even table this for our next meeting. I mean, it just, it just, oh, I just wanted to discuss to it. all this this meeting, because next meeting, we will get all of this stuff back from staff, and we have to approve the final versions of everything, and then the next week they get sent out. But that's why it was really important to have this meeting. Yeah. Was because mm -hmm. they have a lot of work. By they, I mean, yeah. Barbara <laughs> has a lot of work to do when we finish yeah. this meeting. 
I just want to point out question two, um, which only lists adult oh, yeah. men, women, families, or children. Selecting the program. Right. They, True. we don't turn down an application without them, without having it discussed. So, but why? I, you know that that I, I was really shocked last year that staff had allowed that application even to come through. I don't think the staff have the authority it. to. Yeah. It doesn't meet the guidelines. Well, then we need to we need to add it to the grant guidelines that the commission does not fund. And we've talked about this before. Um, it says only to carry out activities that benefit, aid, and assist men, women, and children. It may not use funds to defray administrative expenses, overhead, and anticipated. This includes salaried personnel. Um, we could add in the authorized uses that the commission will not fund, because we already say personnel. Um, will not fund pets or, you know, Animal pet food related. or yeah. anything. Well, I, I think, I think we added other just a few years ago, didn't we? Because I, f I forget what the reasoning was, no but. Other Well, the, well for, for the category. And that's number three. There's a category for other. Do you just take that other off so they can't Off even... the application. Well, that's what I'm saying because yeah. it's given them the option to do that. I, I agree with Lori. I'm like, how did that even get through? Yes, it shouldn't waste the time reading. <laughs> well, Barbara, can, can staff even um, have the discretionary authority to disqualify an application before it's presented to us if it doesn't meet the guidelines? Or do you have to present all of the applications that come in? I'm not sure I'd be comfortable because it's it's a slippery slope <laughs> as far as right. determining whether someone's eligible or not. Uh, I don't think it's slippery. I think it's to the point. It's not housing. It's not food. Transportation. And what's the other one? Right, but that was the We're first. Adding time a lot happens. of responsibility that to was the city's the, first time, the so city's I mean, staffer, oh, you had who is not, yeah. who isn't an attorney, isn't a member of the commission. Um, Mr. Sparks, do you have an opinion on this? I think you, <clears throat> if, if you were to go down that road, it would have to be almost, it would have to be objective and almost ministerial so that staff isn't exercising any sort of discretion whatsoever in determining whether an application is eligible or not. I mean, it's one thing to say an application is incomplete. Somebody doesn't list their email address, for example. That's different than evaluating whether an expenditure is eligible or not. I think it's it's better because next year with our require or our request that they not make a presentation um, that we to say this doesn't fall into things we fund, period. I don't, if we start adding pets, funeral expenses, if we start adding that the authorized use block is gonna be like six pages long, and each year we'll get somebody asking for something they've never asked for before. Mm -hmm. They're creative. 
So. I think that might have been, we can even just call it as a one-off situation, because Barbara's right, the number two is pretty clear uh, of, of who it's gonna go to, and I mean, pets aren't on there, so. How about just removing? Well, consider them part of their families, especially homeless people. Oh, because we, yeah, we, yeah, we have families. Yeah. And there's no doubt that they that pets can provide a you know a help or a mate or help with mental health issues, et cetera. But that isn't what we that isn't what we were put in place to do. Um, how about just removing other from, yes. from question three? That wouldn't have stopped the SPCA from applying for food for pets. It doesn't say pets. It says adults, men, women, family, oh, and children. Number three. We're talking about number, number three. three. Right. But between number two and number three, it certainly should discourage them. And if it doesn't, then we can just tell them no at the, at the meeting. Yeah. It's a simple I mean, thing to say. They must have last time chose families. Yeah. and food nutrition yeah. and got through that way so they could still get through that get through by doing right but when we talk we to them it's like right no 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 buy pet food. i Sorry. agree so um i don't know if taking out the other i had said that i mean it could help it could but yeah no okay. i said that earlier too this, i was like maybe we it, take that out but does it hurt we, oh, I, I think we added there we we added other for a reason i mean there might be other services that maybe we don't necessarily know about or, or have thought about in the past that maybe do help the destitute men, women, and children of, of the area, and it could be one of those things that we have to to look at. But you know, I think I think the SPCA was more of a one-off, so may maybe we might I just be overthinking too. it. And, and then on, I totally agree. And then here now, I certainly don't want to spend another half hour yeah. talking about this. But on number three, there is a category for transportation. We're getting back to that, right? Well, these are the four. No, I know, but four services that those are, are the considered. four services. But um, so we are, you know, what I'm saying. We are going to allow people to apply for transportation. Might not be one of the two priorities, but we are going to allow people to apply for that. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, do we want to take off other or not? I don't no. know. If it's going to matter. It doesn't matter. Really. Okay. Continue scrolling, please. I'd like to see number five change to describe how your program ex objectives align with the funding priorities rather than how, make them say something. That's just not gonna have them present it. Right. Because these all align with categories that are in this. Oops, sorry. I mean, that must have just been. Categories that are that are part of this. Because all these other ones say describe, describe, describe. Right. You know, that was just an oversight, I think, at the beginning. Yeah. So are you saying the first one says describe or all of them? Describe your program. Sure. We may as well be consistent. Mm -hmm. 
Do you have that, Barbara? I do. Okay. Scrolling down. The number of clients served is, to me, not a super useful number because there's people that provide a service that costs 20 cents that serve 2,000 people, and there are people that provide a service that costs $50 that service 25 people. And so it's, it's good information to have. <coughs> It's just a diff it's a question that we always struggle with. What does it mean? Last year we had that. Right. It's like someone had they had like eight. Right. right. Johns or something that had they. I don't no. remember who it was. No. Right. It was someone that had like eight clients or something. It's just additional information for us. Um, it is just not always the most useful information. But it is a data point. Right. Any other changes or questions on 10 or 11? All right, sustainability. Can I, I just want to ask a quick question. On, on 10 last year, boy, did I struggle with some of the answers. Like folks just didn't know how to answer that question. Right, and the people that gave incomplete answers in my review got low scores because we're asking to describe how they evaluate their program. And if it's the number of people that walk through the door, it's a very weak evaluation thing. If it's they follow up with people after six months to see if they successfully found housing or something like that, to me, that's a stronger evaluation criteria. Thank you. Yeah, but how uh, how would that how would you apply that, for instance, River City Park with this people that walk in, <coughs> then versus um, um, first the community actually has the his, you know, the human resources database with the demographics and everything on it. So you've got to kind of they serve different people in different ways. So how do they? How, how can you? How can, for example, River City, who gets people walking in there? I mean, I, I've actually seen them lined up on Wednesday afternoon when they have the food distribution, and you have all kinds of walks of life. You got your senior citizen, you got your your college student, <coughs> and you got your homeless. I agree. Um, I mean, I don't want to penalize. We them. can't require everybody to use the same evaluation criteria because they're all serving people in different ways. I think what we're looking at is, is it an appropriate evaluation? For the River City Food Bank, it may be the number of people that walk through the door. For a place that provides housing with wraparound services, I would expect to see a lot more. Yeah. And okay. so it, we're not evaluating their evaluation criteria, we're evaluating how well those criteria match the services okay. that they provide. That's my thought. What's the difference between 10 and 11? Um, yeah, but that's measuring. Mm -hmm.
They're both covered under a single line item in the evaluation matrix. So we use those two pieces of information to answer one question. If you look at the this document, because these just go right down, all of these questions go right down the factors side. And the evaluation, we're asking two questions, but we really only have one one thing we're trying to measure. So I think they're both trying to get more information for us to determine how we feel about their evaluation methods, outcomes, and how they measure things. Is that, do you agree with that? That's what we're trying to do? Yeah, it's sort of like the macro and the micro. Right. Okay, any changes on 10 or 11 then? Okay. Sustainability. Any question, any changes on that? We've got two evaluation criteria for that and three questions, um, but those three questions are designed to answer these. Does anybody have any changes they would like to see in the questions we're asking? I guess I've struggled a little bit with this in the past because some organizations were it. You know, we are their funding source. Um, and I, I, I'm worried that they'll get dinged for that if they don't have other sources. Right. And that there's a potential for them getting dinged the way we have it right now. Is it dinged for not having other resources? Yes, there's a couple people where we, <laughs> where for example, at Salvation Army, we provide all the milk for their after school programs. That's what they use our money for. Well. Yes, loaves and fishes. Loaves and fishes, sorry. Yeah, but like hypothetically. And there's another organization that has a homeless youth drop-in center and we put, we're the only funding for the food for that center. Yes, Salvation um, Army. And so those are the two that come to my mind. Um, and so they're really not likely to be, to exist if we don't exist. But is that, does that mean they shouldn't be funded? Yeah, that, that is my point exactly. Yeah, I think we should at least take points for being the only well, funding source. Um, on the well, Wellspring woman, that is the only funding is ours for transportation. She's applying for grants, but they're still pending. But right now, the only source of inc uh, income for them to purchase those bus tickets is us. Right. So when we're, we, as the people who are scoring, are looking at our matrix, and it asks sustainability, is the program supported by matching funds or in-kind contributions? Yeah, because they do get in-kind contributions for the food section, but we're the only ones paying for the transportation. Right, right. so and let's say, so, so the answer is no. So therefore, are we going to give them a zero for that? I think that would be wrong, <laughs> morally speaking. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's more of the matrix question, though, right? Yeah, so I guess, I, th I guess it's this. Well, but do we, we want to ask the question, and then how do we want to evaluate it? 
Yes. Is it something we want to continue to? Do we need to have two sustainability it, questions? It could probably be a question on the application, but maybe not on the matrix. It, but we previously decided, this was five years ago, I think, or four years ago, um, that everything on the application needed, we would only ask questions that we needed to evaluate them. So that's why these three sustainability questions translate into two sustainability evaluation areas. We can reduce the importance of it by going to just evaluating one area, you know, make it a single score for sustainability rather than two scores. I like that. Because then people won't get two twos, they'll get one two. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so they won't be penalized for the same reason twice. Right. Yeah. Or they won't be penalized at all if, if we just use that second one, you know, in our judgment, are they likely to be sustainable after the grant? project period is over. If we, if, if we see them as, as being functional and doing, you know, what they say they're going to do, we wouldn't need to ding them as our being the only source of funding if we just use that second one and not the first one. Still ask the three questions, but roll them into a single evaluation using the first sustainability factors. Using the second column on our on here, I would recommend the second sustainability question, not the first, because the first one is the where they get ding. The in kind. Yeah. Contribution. So you want to delete that line? Yeah. Okay. The in kind, right? So delete the first line of the sustainability matrix. That, that column. Evaluation matrix. Yeah, it's a. On this matrix, it's a row. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Which yeah, translates, to a, <laughs> translates to a column on oh, the sorry. summary. I go back and forth. Sorry. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about eliminating the first line of sustainability for scoring. Yes. Which eliminates the first column in the summary document. Oops. My screen just went blank. But still asking those three questions. Okay. So that still gets us the information, but doesn't put as much weight on it when it comes to evaluating. Absolutely. That's great. Does everybody? I agree. Totally. Agree? Okay. All right. I, I had two interviews today, and they were solely dependent upon our funding for what they were asking. All right. So back to. Not interviews, but visits. Application. I think it just went to the top. I still think it's fine to ask that question. I just don't think it needs to carry a lot of weight. There we go. Okay. Organizational capacity. This is a single evaluation line in our evaluation matrix. We ask them. Their, for their mission statement, how long they've been in business, what other services they provide, and their experience and capacity to implement the program, and the experience and capacity to deliver the program effectively. Are there any suggested changes for those? And this, this 
translates into three evaluation criteria. The history and experience providing the service, the staff that have the experience, and the budget amount reflects the dollar amounts of this of the expenditures. I have a question. Is it possible that we can have like organization have a B letter like there if it's a C, then we have a C one, C two, C three, three. So we know where the question is coming from. I don't know. Is that any helpful for anybody else? There's like five questions yeah. for three for three I things. I mean, you just kind of go along. I mean, yeah. I have to say that and and. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know how it's all done. Janelle always put it like lined up for us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what, what it, well, when they when they respond, right. they provide. Right. They right. may provide right. this much. They might provide right. this much. Right. Yeah. And our job is to read through those answers to yeah. look at these. No, I know, three but I'm aspects. just saying it was. It was nice the way that it was all lined out when it was sent to us. You just clicked on it and it went to that spot. Right. No, and I'm, I don't know if I can look and see what you did because we're not. You should have all the, like all these forms and everything. Yeah. When you, where did, what were you clicking on? All the, the answers to all these questions in the, was it, it's not the grant itself. Was it the grant itself? Oh, no. Was it online? It's that thousand-page document. It's the thousand-page document. <laughs> yeah. But on the left yeah. side, she had it indexed so that oh, we yeah. can oh, click on the overview, the funding. You know, we could. It click literally on the, went to each one of these. Yes. Yeah, each one of these questions. Subparts of their application and took us took you right to their response. Was it? All of the applications in one big document. Is yeah. that yes. what it is? Yeah. So it was an, a it was a PDF, but it was. She indexed it by organization, Conference. by four or five different areas, so you could kind of skip forward to the, you know, you didn't have to read through all the audit, right. <laughs> unless you're like me and like to read stuff like that. <laughs> um, but you could get to these evaluation criteria quickly. Okay, we, we can look at, hopefully that's on file and we can. Yeah, it's just an indexed PDF is what it was. So are there any, does anyone have any proposals for changing these questions? No. Or except the, for except or for the evaluation? Yeah. Except for deleting the one. Sustainable. Oh, except, yes. The, yeah. So the matrix will then stay the same. The questions will stay the same. Um, except for eliminating the other sustainability question number one and eliminating the first of the two sustainability evaluation criteria on the evaluation matrix say we are eliminating other or we're not eliminating I thought the decision Did we agree to eliminate other or not no we we'll okay. only agree to eliminate the first question on the site okay no but back on that where oh, it was like the, question four or something other, other. what did we decide we said keep it yeah we keep said it okay keep it. Yeah. all right okay. thank you so the only change then, so no changes to the application. The grant evaluation matrix we will change to remove sustainability. Oh wait, there was a, there was changes in the application. We changed it to describe instead of how. Right, they have done. Right, the word the verbiage changes. Questions four and five. Right. Okay. okay. So we're rewording questions four and five. 
on the application. We're removing the first sustainability item on the evaluation matrix document. And then um, is this the point at which we should talk about scoring? Or because scoring is something that we've we've developed, um, turning this into this, um, do we want to talk about that in August before we start we start our evaluation? So we all understand what a score of zero means, what a score of nine means. Um, we all understand what we do if it does not fall into the funding priorities. Oh. If it's only transportation, do we give it a score of zero because it's not in the funding priorities? Do we give it, do we leave it open for everybody to decide what kind of score they give it? I think this is the one area in my review of what we did last time. Um, and I was bored for, <laughs> for a week and like looked at everybody's score and everything and there were so many different ways that we evaluated things. But this is the one that seemed to be the most all over the board. Yeah. And so it, I think it deserves, it deserves some discussion, but it's not changing anything that we send out to the grantees. So I think that might be something that we want to agendize for next meeting. I'm sorry, I, I'm not watching people with their hand raised, so. I was just gonna reiterate the suggestion I had earlier to still allow for, like we decided to allow the other uh, categories, but again, put a lower or, or a max score on the lower categories or the, the non-prioritized categories, so maybe like a five or seven and then, you know, like if we choose, we could maybe evaluate and say transportation or mental health or what have you, maybe is number three, and then what is number four, and then just put a lower tier in those versus just, because at that point, then the entire application where it, it lists the four different categories that we have, it would just, it wouldn't make any sense to even have those on there for that year, right, so. So my, my point earlier was that what we need to approve today is what goes out to the grant applicants. Internal. And this is an internal, how do we use this kind of thing? And I believe that we can put this on the agenda for next time and not have to have that full discussion tonight because we're not changing any of the grant application process we're using or the forms that go out to the public. So these two we would have on the agenda for the next meeting? Pre-meeting scores and evaluation? Yes, we've already agreed to eliminate that one category of scoring, but I think we also need to go through and see if there's other areas where we have to talk about what is a, what is a five in this category mean? So basically this page? No. Well, yeah. We have it, but we have a, this score says a five means something, but there may be areas of evaluation where we want to talk about 
what it means to us. So if it's all transportation and our two priorities are what they are, then how would you score this one? And we should agree that 100% transportation would get a score, a lower right. score. Right, I agree with you. I think we should get, put that for the okay. second, I mean, Let's the next Let's agendize that for August so we can have a chance of getting out of here tonight. Yes. That's the next meeting. Okay, so we have talked about the um, grant guidelines and the application document. Um, and we've agreed on what changes we want to make. So at this point, it would be appropriate to have a motion to accept the changes that have been discussed to the grant application document and the grant funding guidelines, or grant guidelines, sorry, that's the wrong title, grant guidelines. Would somebody like to make a motion? I motion that we accept the changes that we made to the guidelines as noted. And application document? And application document. Thank you. Would somebody like to second that? I second. Okay. Is there any public comment on this item? Uh, thank you, President Smith. I have no speaker slips in chambers and no members of the public with their hands raised. Okay. In that case, um, we have a motion by Commissioner Yanez and a second by Commissioner Ellis. On the table, would the clerk please call the roll call for the vote? Um, one second, I just have a quick question for the city attorney. So regarding this motion, would it need to be as amended because it states uh, approving updates or is it inferred that the changes they're making are part of the updates? Uh, it's inferred that they're part of the updates. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, commissioners, please uh, unmute yourselves for the roll call vote. <coughs> Commissioner Corbs? Aye. Commissioner Yanez? Aye. Commissioner McIntosh? Aye. Commissioner Ellis? Aye. City Manager? Uh, Chan is absent. Vice President Zamanduin? Aye. And President Smith? Aye. Thank you. The motion passes. Okay. Item four is the second, the semi-annual reports for July through December. Is there a staff presentation? Uh, just in your packet, you'll find the the final two reports that were due uh, for the the, uh, the grant. Great. So that's for First Step Housing and My Sister's House. And we have then all of the, right, the all the reports were submitted yes. for the year. Okay. Thank you. 
Are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you. I have no speaker slips here in chambers and no members of the public with their hands raised online. Okay. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Yes, I just wanted some clarification on the carryover section. Um, the things that show up in red and, and why, if there's a carryover that they haven't spent, why isn't it considered unspent? So, as far as I understand, um, the one thing I need to look into is the Sacramento Area Emergency Housing, but they were carryover from January to June, but they still had July through December to spend it. <coughs> so for the first half of the year, this was what they had left. After their final reports, the only people with money left is the emergency housing. And if that's unspent, they have to return it to us and we put it back in the fund. Mm -hmm. I believe so. At the end of the year, right? Right. Right. The year has... If at the end of the year they haven't spent it. Right. Right. This is... Well, this is for 2022. Oh, so the year. Okay. So they should have given us back the... Yes. So, did, so first step communities gave us back money? No. If look at the third column, Sacramento Area Emergency Housing Center showed $337 unspent that should have been returned to the fund. And that just goes back in and becomes available to be funded the next year. Mm -hmm. I don't understand <clears throat> is why she indicated $35 and it jumped to 337 So I'll need to look at their report. So can I, I just, so, so let's just look at um, the first one. They had $261 that they carried over, but that means that but they still spent it in July through December. That's correct. So that now they have zero. Okay, so first step housing. Um, carried over 5,000 and then spent that the last half of the year. Okay. So you'll report at the next meeting on the yeah, disposition of that money? Yes. Okay. Thank you. And those last, the last two reports were also included in the, in the staff report. So at this point, this is just a receive and file. There's no action required by the commission. I'll get better at this after my first meeting. <laughs> okay. Um, at this point, the next item on the agenda is commissioner comments, ideas, and questions. We've already talked about a couple of items that we're going to put on the agenda for the next meeting. Are there any other items that the commissioner, any commissioner wants to speak about? Wanda. Commissioner Yanez, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no subject. You had your, you just had your request. Oh, wait, that was all old. Okay. Commissioner McIntosh. So I, I just wanted to put in the record um, my congratulations to former Ann Land Bertha Henschel Memorial Fund Commissioner Katie Maple for being elected to the City Council. Oh, she is. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> was, she was on the group that developed all of this evaluation process. Yes, there was she three was. people. She yep. did a lot of work on it. And she did a ton of work on this. Yes. So our congratulations to Katie. Thank you. Vice President Salmanudin. Yeah. Um, so th this actually goes back to a request that, that you had, Commissioner Smith, which was to see if we had a breakdown as to how much we funded into which category. So I, I would like to request to see if we can get some sort of reporting at the end of the year that shows in some sort of pie chart or something that shows how much went to the different categories that we funded. Um, I think that would be very helpful, not just for us, but also for the community and the public to be able to see um, and be transparent as far as what we actually did fund in a, in a more clear manner versus trying to actually go through the papers and you know add it themselves. If we could make that um, a little more systematic, I think that would yeah. be helpful. We had, we had that. We used um, to. That was provided to us every year that showed historically, but it got unwieldy. And I don't know if we ever received a more manageable version of that. But can you look in the files that you received? Oh, look, uh, uh, my question is when you award for, for multiple uh, purposes, do you give a breakdown or do you give a lump sum for? If they request 4000 in food and if, if they request 10000 and they get eight, we don't give them back a breakdown saying, Here's what you requested. Here's what we're funding by category, and I think that was part of uh, Janelle's struggle was going back and recalculating everything based on the actual award, because um, we don't we don't really have it. We have what they requested, and the total we they requested. We have the total we gave them, which is all, almost always less, um, but there's nothing that subtracts out category by category the delta between those two numbers. So I think Some that may be where did. she... In their budget, and I was just looking, I know that there was one question. Sometimes in the budget they did do that, but not all of them. Right. Well, they, everybody did, a lot of people did it in their requests, mm -hmm. but we don't, we, there's only five people that got everything they asked for. Right. And so when we reduce an amount, we reduce the total you have no amount. Idea, right? We don't reduce category by category. Right, right, right. So, asking for that information category by category, I don't think it exists. It'd have to all be calculated. Well, how about if we quantify the um, what is this titled? The uh, the semiannual reporting, for example, where it actually breaks down the uses, and if we can quantify that. You know, just because there's a drop down in category and there's amounts, and then you know you just put the the, the total dollar amount and quantify you know, the the separate pieces of it. I think it would be pretty simple, really. Mm -hmm. So, can you look at what was there before and what the reporting document is, and see if you can figure out a way to do it without creating a year's worth of work for yourself. <laughs> I think we need to be reasonable, but if we had access to that information, I think it would make our decision making, um, especially when we talk about how much money went to this, how much money went to that, um, because we don't have that information. So there is stuff out there. I know that Janelle had stuff, but if you could look at that and the reporting document 
and see if you can use that to get us what we need. It's the only thing I could think, if, if you're not providing a breakdown in your award, the only thing I could see would be to do it on a percentage basis if you gave, but when they're asking for a lump sum, are they even saying, I want, because category. In their in their budget, they break down food, housing, transportation. If they have multiple multiple categories, things, mm -hmm. multiple categories, then they do break that down. But I think at this point, we may not have that information available. But if you can look and see and report back next meeting next month. <laughs> so you might want to consider awarding by category if you want that information back, because if they're not specifying and you're not specifying, then... Well, they have to specify in their request. And in their report. Yeah. And, and we ask them to specify in their report. So it would be a matter of can you take their report and, and give us back something that shows what categories we've had what funding in. Let me look at what I have and yeah, right, and report in August. So okay. To work with. Okay. Thank you. So we can add that to the agenda. And Mr. Sparks, you had a request to speak. Well, it sounds like the discussion's over, but I was going to say if it's going to continue, this would be more appropriate to agendize for the next meeting. Right. I think we were just trying to get down what we were wanting to agendize yeah. <laughs> and what possibilities were there. So I think we've solved the issue then. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Ellis? Uh, yes, two quick questions. Um, the first one, when I was conducting a site visit, um, they mentioned to me that they received the check and they did not know what the check was for. So they were running around trying to figure out, well, why did we get this check? So I, my question is, is there a letter like congratulations, you have received I don't know, $5,000, you'll get 2500 this time, and then you'll get the other. Is there an explanation, or do they just receive the check? Their, uh, their funding agreement states the dollar amount and the breakdown. Uh, and then in the memo of the check, I believe, it indicates. Um, she's not because she processes the payment. <laughs> Oh, okay. It indicates probably ALBH. We have a very small field, but probably ALBH grant. Okay, I didn't know, so. It was something like that. Okay, so next time I'll know because she was like, there was nothing there to identify. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll ask. So it is there. <laughs> it's there. There is, there is a memo. It's no, an ALBF grant. She said when the check came through. That's what she said, city of, yeah. It has a memo that says ALBF. Yeah. I could understand that. You're just getting a check from the city yeah. of Sacramento and you're not just sure Just so we know, it, it's on the check and it's in their funding agreement, how they, how much the check's gonna be, when they're gonna get it. Okay. But the point is, is that the check itself comes and it just says city of Sacramento. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say, it doesn't so. It's not issued by Ann Land. Ann Land. So I would under, I could understand how that would be confusing. Hmm. Okay, all right. And then my second question is, when is the link goes out to the sites? I mean, to the grantees about their semi-annual report. Someone contacted me and I was like, well, I'm not quite sure when that link goes out. 
Um, I just sent it out either yesterday or the day before. Okay. For the reports. Okay. That's Thank for you. the period that ended June 30th. Yeah. Thank so you. It's usually like right, right at the end of the reporting period. Okay. She's been a little. Did you not receive? Because I thought I, I cc Thank you. Yeah, are there any, oh, Commissioner Yanez? Yes, um, are we gonna have another board member by, by November? Selection, you know? Are we actively seeking a commissioner? True. We need, we need two, right? Because if we're, one of us is sick by November, we don't have, we don't have a quorum. Clerk's office does? <laughs> I see her looking. I've been trying to recruit people if it helps. <laughs> I've talked to a few too. I mean, put it in the Inside Sack magazine and they will, we can get somebody from there. So does that mean, Commissioner Yanez, that you will be here for the November meeting? I think I'm in France that day. I, I did this um, a year and a half ago. So I even, I, my, my, my site, the days I'm gone, I have them a year and a half before I even get the calendars. But I should know that it's between that time for out, you know, within the week. But it'll I be the, it's the third Thursday. It's the way we always. Yeah, so I am gone. Unless it's noticed at the time the meeting notice goes out, is that correct, Mr. Sparks? Well, <clears throat> the city clerk is uh, has its own sort of interpretation and application of remote meeting attendance at this point. So um, it depends on the circumstances. I could probably do Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with a nine hour time difference. Um, yes, to answer your question, we are currently accepting applications uh, for the open seats and yeah, unfortunately to establish a quorum uh, in person, I believe only we would need five members in person. Um, if we have that, then additional members could vote on Zoom, but we would still need people in person. So if there's a quorum in person, we can meet. We, some people could be on Zoom. Correct. We'd have five. There's still five of us. Right. Yeah. Even if. The issue, though, is. Right now. Mr. Sparks, you mentioned before that it requires five to pass a motion. Yeah, the city code requires five affirmative votes to pass an item. Okay. So it would it would mean that nobody could get sick and nobody that was coming in person could get sick because then we would lose our quorum. And, and that's, it's and we a- have to agree on everything. Yeah. Right, we have to agree 100% on everything. Yeah, this um, day was William Beck when Lori's was president. But what happens if, I mean, I'm just thinking, if, what happens if someone is sick in November? What do we do about that date? You have to cancel it. You end up canceling and rescheduling the funding yeah, meeting, which is really difficult to do between yeah. the meeting date yeah. schedule. I mean, one thing is to schedule the February, May, right, August, but the November it's need. Really, I had to do it once before. Please don't make me do it again. I know. I was there. 
<laughs> I know when it happened. <laughs> it happened once. Somebody else isn't there? Someone else on the yes. board? Can they join Mr. and Chang. yeah? Can they join can and Mr. Chang to come yeah? W w could they be a substitute for someone who's maybe not there? I see you. I see you um, expressing over there, Mr. Sparks. Yeah, I, I think we've gone beyond comments, questions, and ideas. We're having discussions at this oh. point. Okay. okay. All right. So we know the date. And we know we need to be there, and we hope we get applicants. The issue is they have to apply, mm -hmm. be considered be by the city council subcommittee, and then they have to get appointed between now and November. So, anyway, um, so the last item is public comments. Are there any members of the public who wish to speak on public comments? Matters not on the agenda. Uh, President Smith, since this is a special meeting, uh, we do not have public comments. Okay. Thank you. Let's see what my script says. <laughs> <laughs> this concludes today's agenda. Thank you, everybody, for your participation. The meeting is adjourned at 8.35 p.m. 8.36 p.m. I know. <laughs> um.